Do you think in 40 years time, I say, do you think, I know that in 40 years time, there's oh, going to be, there's going to be somebody being like, I only sing something if I've got a recording of Nicky Martin singing it. I mean, that would be the dream. Hello and welcome to episode two of the Bosom Podcast. I'm Lucy Hicks-Beach and I want to find out how women, non-binary and gender non-conforming people have influenced and shaped our thoughts and lives. In a world where women's contributions are often disregarded, I want to learn more about how and how much they have impacted the people we are and the society we live in. To do this, I'm talking to guests about how people of marginalised genders have influenced their lives, identities and understandings of the world. Today, I have the fantastic Nikki Martin, who I met aged 14 at the National Children's Choir of Great Britain. At one point, we were equals, but she has now shot to high success in the singing world <laughs> and is a soprano in her last year of her master's in music and performance at the Royal Northern College of Music, specialising in singing. She probably has my favourite voice in the world and I'm permanently in awe but also mostly jealous of her. Hello Nikki. (laughs) Hello Lucy. What an amazing introduction. You're, I mean, I couldn't think of any words to do you justice if I'm honest. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, thank you, it means a lot. Thanks so much for coming on the show. No, thank you for having me, I'm quite excited for my debut podcast in 20 years time I'll be like I was the first person to interview Nikki Martin on a podcast I hope you can say that for both our sakes (laughs) (laughs) um so the premise of the podcast is that I've asked you to pick five people from five different categories who have somehow shaped you influenced you changed your thoughts in some Mm -hmm. way how did you go about choosing them how did you find picking who you were going to go <laughs> When you first messaged me to do this, I was basically completely flummoxed. I was like, who, who has influenced me at all? And I just lost track of any woman I've ever known in my life. <laughs> um, but then when you kind of sit down, you're like, okay, so... For some of them, I was like, okay, so music is obviously quite a big factor in my life. So that came up quite a lot with some of the ones. And then I had to kind of be like, okay, I've got music for this one. So maybe something different for, like you said, Mm -hmm. maybe something a bit different for each one. So yeah, it was kind of just a case of, I have quite an obsessive personality. (laughs) So it was like, who have I ever been obsessed with um, (laughs) that I'm kind of still a little bit obsessed with now so it was kind of going down that route who am I fangirling (laughs) I love a fangirl (laughs) right should we get started yeah let's get going so the first person I want to talk about is your teenage icon yes and that is Miss Taylor Swift Taylor Swift (laughs) now please tell me all about Taylor Swift and your relationship with the legend (laughs) yeah so I have loved Taylor Swift since 
literally her first album that she ever released, which was the self-titled album, Taylor Swift. Mm. And I was first, I remember actually being at school and some of the girls came in and they were like, oh my God, there's this new song uh, by this country singer, Taylor Swift. And the song that they played for me was our song, which is kind of like her most famous song from that album. Mm-hmm. Kind of became a bit obsessed with that song. And then as time went by, obviously she released more albums. And then it was Fearless and then Speak Now, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I've just absolutely adored all of her music. And the way that she is, she's, started off as country and is now kind of evolved well especially now into this kind of like folky country slash pop singer and this kind of move with the times I just think that's quite an inspiration to her um and also the fact that she's been going for literally a decade and with every album there's been like she's had like number ones and like nearly like every single one I'm pretty sure so it wasn't like it wasn't the whole love story that introduced me to her. It was like a bit before that when she first started out. And um, yeah, I just think she's great. She's overcome loads as well. Um, especially with the whole Kim K, yeah. Kanye West <laughs> drama. Um, and then coming out of that and being able to like produce this body of work from that like traumatic experience that she had as well as also quite inspirational I just think she's great (laughs) she's amazing I love this choice because she really is someone you would think of as a teenage icon like Mm -hmm. because I think there's this thing that often happens where people brush off the opinion of teenage girls Mm -hmm. and so anything that teenage girls love is just seen as this it's kind of happens with Taylor Swift and like One Direction yeah I don't know like slime and (laughs) (laughs) fidget spinners (laughs) fidget spinners but actually they're all these things that are really great people just say oh that's just for teenage girls yeah and I don't know with you and Taylor Swift (laughs) I don't know there's just such a great love there that is that's more like I don't know I think that we should value those opinions Mm -hmm. more because when you describe her you think wow this Mm -hmm. like incredible musician who's been through so much but actually she often gets brushed off as this kind of like cutesy cutesy woman like cutesy girl who like Mm -hmm. can't really do much yeah no definitely I agree and I think that now especially now that she's released her albums um folklore and evermore mm-hmm. i think it kind of gives people a different perspective on maybe what her music is like because it's so intricate and it's so it's so clever it's so yeah. intelligent and the way that she writes her lyrics as well like yeah i just think <laughs> she's brilliant <laughs> but i do agree on the aspect of like people just brush her aside but i think that's the same with a lot of a lot of artists, female artists that girls, teenage girls have grown up with. Yeah. It's kind of like, oh, what's that rubbish you're listening to? Like, it's that type of thing. Um, it's like with people like Miley Cyrus and like mm-hmm. Katy Perry or even like Lily Allen. Um, but they often just get put into this category of like whimsical mm-hmm. people. I don't know. That's why I love that you picked Taylor. Taylor Swift, yeah. And there's something, I don't know if this undermines what I've just said, but I just want to talk about your something which I think is key to your love of Taylor which is Mm -hmm. both of your fringes (laughs) (laughs) she was my inspiration for the French (laughs) 
Um, yeah, I mean, I, we've got to love a friend. We've both got friends, no. <laughs> I think that when I heard you say, when I can't remember when you did that, but you're like, yeah, mm. I, I, I got that because Taylor Swift's got a friend. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like, ha 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 ha, and you're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I got it. Oh yeah. She's, yeah, so she's even if she, if she's influenced nothing else, she's influenced my hairstyle. <laughs> Going to move on to your second okay. person that you've chosen, and this is your fictional character. Yes. Tell me about your fictional character and why you picked them. So my, I was supposed to say musical character. My fictional character is Mulan. And I chose Milan because I just think she's badass. She literally, apart from, I mean, when she gets with, spoiler alert, gets with the general at the end. What? (laughs) um, Just the fact that she literally dresses up as a man to go and fight in the war against the Huns when... Obviously, that was highly illegal at the time. And it's, although it's, like, obviously fictional, it is kind of based on real life, too. Um, and I'm talking about Disney's original Mul- Mulan, the cartoon. I just thought that, because I grew up with that movie, mm. literally every time I wanted a movie put on, it would be Mulan. Um, and she was just kind of everything I wanted to be, like, she could she just was so independent and like I mean not that I want to run away from my family home <laughs> to join the war but just the fact she had the courage to do that and just kind of have the gumption as well to do that when Disney princesses mm-hmm. as well yes are often I mean there's just so much mm-hmm. um to say about like, <laughs> the passive nature of all the Disney princesses mm-hmm. but Mulan is such a kind of central and proactive yeah definitely figure and also the song reflection <laughs> is just it's just incredible yes <laughs> not only musically but lyrically when you yeah. <laughs> do you think being shown something like Mulan had any impact on do you think Mulan was a reflection <laughs> of you or do you think you like, aspired to be like Mulan yeah probably at the time I didn't even yeah I didn't even realize that like I didn't know about feminism I didn't know like mm. I mean I wish I did at that time how cool would that be <laughs> just like this little <laughs> eight-year-old be like yeah free the nipple <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah no I think that probably subconsciously it did kind of influence I was actually thinking about this because I wasn't really allowed to watch Greece when I was younger <laughs> because mom then later told me that she thought that the message of Greece to change your appearance for a man to be accepted is wrong and I think through not watching Greece and by watching Mulan <laughs> I think I've kind of always had I don't know not like a I'm I'm quite an independent person however I would say that Mulan probably I don't know helped me when I was younger 
to understand yeah. that kind of independence in a way and also like just the fact that she was willing to do that for her family too so that's quite a big thing as well yeah that's amazing of your mum to have that <laughs> go on marry that's just like I love that shaping <laughs> that's a much bigger thing now I think being like I'm not going to show my daughters mm-hmm. and the whole thing like Kira Knightley was like I'm not going to show my children Disney princesses yeah. but I think actually so many of, th- of those things are so like you like that kind of dedication to your family but also fierce independence <laughs> I mean I'm not saying it all came from Mulan <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. Um, I think she is just to do it again I think she's a great reflection yes of who you are these days as a, a grown-up Nikki <laughs> thank you so much you don't understand how much that means she's a pretty great gal I'm not gonna lie I would love to move on now to your third choice, mm-hmm. which is somebody that you've never met. Mm-hmm. And you've chosen Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. He's the author of books such as Americana mm-hmm. and Path of the Yellow Sun. Tell me about tell me about her. Um, so this is quite a recent influence on my life. So Obviously, me and you were sending books to each other. Um, <laughs> I actually still need to send off the other book that I'm giving you. <laughs> I've got it in an envelope ready to pack and send off. Um, nice. So, Lucy, you sent me Half of the Yellow Sun by Chimamanda. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> first name basis, obviously. <laughs> and, good friends, good friends. Yeah, good friends. And I've always been really interested in literature like hers. Um, I'd also read Zora Neale Hurston's um, Their Eyes Are Watching God too. Um, And just kind of a lot of books like that, um, reflecting on how I don't really appreciate my privilege as much as I probably should. And also the fact that, (laughs) like, the, the author Chimamanda... And goes Adichie, and the fact that she's from Nigeria, and it's kind of reflecting on her on her experiences. <clears throat> I think that because also Americana is kind of semi autobiographical, um, and stupid things that you that we take for granted, like going to the hairdressers. It's so easy; mm. we can literally just pick up the phone, look on Google, and literally just go and get a haircut, no problem cotton blow and you're good to go um but for people of color it's a lot more difficult and they have to go out and search to find like hairdressers that specialize in their hair types and I just think that I'd never thought about that before and I think that through reading these books it's made me reflect and think about my privilege and how you know I maybe well I shouldn't take it for granted and how um it kind of shines a light on that I love this idea of you picking somebody who's like a recent influence (laughs) and this idea of that you have these people who help you learn Mm -hmm. in that way and you don't just get all your influences kind of as a child no like as a teenager like especially in the last year everybody has white people especially have had to take a particular look at what they take for granted yeah. and how we can use our privilege to do to kind of 
bring different things to conversations yeah just do better yeah and do better and like bring about change mm-hmm. and I agree those books it they're such a good tool yes in that way as well as being kind of an amazing story yeah. to read mm-hmm. like like how do you think kind of like literature and art and stuff can be used as a tool of like anti-racism mm-hmm. and anti-homophobia and like anti-sexism mm-hmm. where do you think its place lies in that I think it's huge um mm. because if you take for example well this has kind of got nothing to do with Chimamanda but on that on that question of does art kind of help spread the word about causes yeah. that need to be <laughs> spoken about mm-hmm. um there is the program it's a sin which is on channel four um and yes it, and it is amazing like an incredible piece of television and it's only five episodes but it just I had no idea about the whole like AIDS crisis and um how terrible it was but this tv program highlighted so much like all the issues that were surrounding it and the fact that I mean we've come on so far from that and um, the stigma that lies with AIDS and HIV, um, that's a huge change. But there's still a lot of things that do need to be spoken about. And that television programme really has magnified the LGBT community and how kind of how we can be an ally and how we can kind of stand with them. And I think that's the exact same with um, Chimamanda's books is the fact that they're incredible to read as well as like it's just, it's incredible to watch so there it's such a kind of emotional thing that you get invested in and you are invested in these characters and these people like you can relate to them in some aspects and in other aspects you're like oh my god I've never thought about that before let's like okay I need to check that and so I think it's huge art is huge and in influencing social change there's often uh this idea that you've got to get to a place like in your 20s and that you're fully formed Mm -hmm. and that you like know what your ideas are and that you know where you're going you know who you are and actually I think like what you've spoken about is so interesting in terms of thinking like how actually we're constantly evolving Mm -hmm. and learning about ourselves in relation to the world Mm -hmm. you can kind of use those books as a tool to like look at yourself and the world and be like actually I had got that wrong and this is how I can change yeah 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 definitely Chimamanda what amazing woman Now, moving on to your fourth person. Yes. We are talking about somebody who is no longer alive. Mm -hmm. Who's the person you've gone for? So I have chosen to speak about Lucia Pop. Amazing name. Yeah, incredible name. She is a, well, she was a soprano. And she's got the most fantastic voice, if not, like, it's one of the best, personally, I think, especially in her, like, the kind of roles that she went into. There's kind of, there's been nobody since that is, in my opinion, compared to her. So, like, whenever I'm looking for new rep or, when I say new rep, I mean new music to to learn or things that I need to be working on I will always try and see if there's a Lucia pop recording of it first 
yeah and if there is I'll choose that above anything else she she also she studied medicine for like two years before she went into acting and then she was like just doing a play or something and then somebody heard her sing and they were like okay would you like some singing lessons she said yeah and then the rest is history and then she made her like debut at 23 which is amazing but also devastating (laughs) (laughs) everybody right now is like stuck in this covid world um but also it was a completely different time back then um in the field that she was in she just excelled and she still does there's not really anybody as comparable to her obviously there's callous but she's a completely different singer so it's somebody who's in that type of like mini bubble of singing I mean I'd never heard of her Mm -hmm. until you mentioned her and it's interesting that you talk about kind of looking at her videos or looking at her looking for her recordings to know what you want to sing and it's amazing that somebody who you've never met Mm -hmm. or kind of been alive at the same time as Mm -hmm. it's amazing that you can have that you've kind of got that relationship it's almost like having a mentor yeah from somebody who you've like never interacted with and it's it's kind of one of those ones you just you have so much (laughs) but like Taylor Swift you have so much love for this person and it's bizarre because like you said you have never met them and obviously Lucia Pop has passed away but the fact that they can have so much influence on my future career Mm. is quite amazing like if she ever thought that she would be that kind of inspiration to young singers young female singers I'm actually like what (laughs) (laughs) do you think in 40 years time I say do you think I know that in 40 years time there's gonna be there's gonna be somebody being like I only sing something (laughs) if I've got a recording of Nicky Martin singing it (laughs) I mean, that would be the dream. <laughs> but yeah. Because the first time I ever heard you sing was when we were 14. We didn't really know each other that well, but I just decided mm. that you were going to be <laughs> Your friend. my friend. <laughs> I like picked you from across the room and I was like, you'll be mine. <laughs> and um, you sang Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Oh my God. At one of the cabarets. At, at the cabaret. <laughs> Cabaret seems like a really like, inappropriate word now. <laughs> yeah, it really does. It should be like showcase <laughs> or... <laughs> it, was a, it, was, it was a showcase. I mean, in the unlikely event that anyone's listening to this, <laughs> cabarets were kind of showcases for the children and teenagers at the National Children's Choir. And even from like then till now, which is what, 10 years, which is so weird, that like, I feel like I've, I have like watched your kind of singing career to this point <laughs> evolve do you kind of look as well at her career as well as her actual singing do you look at that at all as like a structure of where you want to go with your music yeah so she started off as a type of singer called a soubrette which is kind of like your kind of like airy fairy type characters and then she moved into more of a lyric sound so which is kind of I would say now I'm not by any means a lyric but um a lyric singer but kind of that area where she then progressed to is probably where I would want to be looking at right now and 
the repertoire that she did and stuff she just moves so easily through the music and it's it, it is probably a trajectory of where I'd want to go because I would love to sing Strauss but mm. right now <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> but like in the future that would be incredible and she's got so many recordings of like Strauss songs and um she sang um Strauss operas and things like that so definitely the way her career went is probably one that I mean I could only dream of having so yeah <laughs> following her footsteps but also I should be treading my own path as well obviously but mm. um to have some kind of lane like that I think yeah influences me a lot so I remember you saying when you first went to music college mm-hmm. that you had friends who are tenors who were like your level maybe not quite your level who were getting these amazing roles Mm -hmm. just because they were tenors Mm -hmm. and because there were not as many tenors but yeah you were not getting these same roles just because there are like so many sopranos Mm -hmm. this is not necessarily specifically related to um the person you've chosen but it's an interesting gender dynamic Mm -hmm. It's difficult one to resolve because sopranos are just a certain voice mm-hmm. that there's so many of them. Yeah, it, it's, it's a difficult one because obviously there are male singers in the college. Obviously there are. There are hardly any tenors. I can count on one hand probably how many tenors there are in the whole college. I don't know if that's maybe because of the thought that going into classical music is not seen as manly enough or not seen as something that is respected amongst men there's so many female singers so many and not just tenors but even like your basses and baritones there's just compared to the amount of sopranos and mezzos there are it's just it's nothing in comparison I think there is definitely that element of gender that comes into it but I think that comes into it in any form of art really um I think that the patriarchy has kind of led us to believe that if men aren't doing something that's like head of a company or like doing something that is deemed manly enough or powerful enough um then it's kind of frowned upon and I think that's probably why boys when they're in school and things don't want to do drama or they don't want to do music because it's like, oh, that's for girls. That's not for boys. Yeah. So, but what's wrong with like that something being for girls? There was actually a video, um, Billy Porter, who is an actor and I adore him. He was on, I think it was like Jimmy Fallon or something. And he was getting interviewed and the fact that he wears like dresses, skirts. And he said, but women have been wearing trousers for years and it's that's acceptable now because that's a man's piece of clothing but and the fact and that's great and that's sexy and that's good but when a man wears females clothing that's disgusting and Mm. Billy Porter is like and if I'm disgusting for wanting to wear women's clothes then I'm gonna wear whatever the hell I want to wear because I look great so so there is that element of like who cares it's not there's no 
needs for it to be perceived as not manly enough to want to be a singer. I mean, you might have to wear tights, but who cares? <laughs> I love a man in tights. <laughs> So we now move on to the final section where we talk about somebody that you know personally. And a kind of preface to this section is that I know a lot of people will want to choose their (laughs) mums. I mean, if I was doing it, I'd probably choose my mum. But I didn't want anyone to just be confined to choosing their Mm mums. So in the kind of notion, the vibe of Desert Island Discs where you get your works of Shakespeare and your religious <laughs> book everybody gets to pick their mum yeah. <laughs> um so no mums have been ignored here mm-hmm. your mum Mary the wonderful woman who showed you Mulan <laughs> and not Greece. <laughs> I know it's top of the list but today we're going to speak about your sister Jenna. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) Jenna is four years younger than me and she is also going into the music industry, God help her. Well she wants to be a conductor which I just think is pretty badass. There's hardly any women conductors and she's just kind of taking the bill by the horns and being like you know what so what if there's hardly any female conductors like but yeah, me and Jenna are very close. We always have been. <laughs> lockdown, I must admit, the first lockdown, it was a bit touchy. <laughs> however, we came out the other end and we're great now. I don't know, I think having siblings in general is quite, for lack of a better word, is like quite grounding. And I think it kind of makes you down to earth because you can they will hound you as soon as you say something like, remotely ridiculous they will be on you (laughs) so I think just having that person to kind of reality check you a little bit is Mm. and we're best friends and I think that having a sister who's your best friend I think can sometimes be quite rare that's lovely (laughs) it's interesting as well that you both want to go into music Mm -hmm. because am I right in thinking that neither of your parents are musical no not at all that's quite a kind of phenomenal situation. I don't know, do you think that's going to serve you? I feel like that can only strengthen your relationship. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe it won't, maybe it'll be awful. Well, Jenna has an image of conducting me and just kind of like shutting me up. <laughs> she's quite looking forward to if that moment ever comes. Um, mm. I mean, I'm all for that. <laughs> like if we get to perform with each other at any time, I think that would be amazing and just kind of like working creatively together um, in a professional capacity, not just like Jenna playing the piano and me singing along in the living room. Like that would just be my parents' absolute dream come true. But also I think mine and Jenna's as well. I don't, do you know what? I can't speak on behalf of Jenna. But like, (laughs) she might be like, that is my worst nightmare. But to, to me, I think that would just be, yeah, brilliant. I think it'd be so fun. You've got a really special sibling relationship, mm. I think. I've never met any other siblings who are kind of friends in the same mm. way that you two are and have been from such a young age. Because I think lots of people come into that friendship with their siblings. I mean, if you're like lucky enough to come into that friendship with your siblings, mm. it happens a lot, a lot later. Mm-hmm. But you two have kind of seemingly always had that. Yeah, even when we were little... <laughs> when we were little nobody could understand Jenna she would be speaking and 
it, she would need subtitles but I was the only person that understood her so it was quite funny because then obviously I use that to my advantage <laughs> was like yeah Jenna says that she needs me to have a biscuit <laughs> like, but yeah we've always been I don't know if maybe that's because we moved down from Scotland and we're really quite a close-knit family anyway yeah it's quite rare but yeah kind of great too it's really great and she's so funny yes I think you're like you're both hilarious in quite different ways yeah no she's very dry sense of humor it's very (laughs) sarcasm is her thing which at times can be very cutting (laughs) but other times (laughs) she'll say one line it'll be like in a break of silence she'll say one line and like it'll just be hilarious so yeah she has we're we're very different personalities but also very similar at the same time thank you so much nikki this has just been a joy to speak to you yeah and it's been so nice to speak about something that's not the masked singer Yes, oh my god, the mass singer. <laughs> I mean, I can't believe that didn't come up earlier. I know. Uh, but yes, thank you so much for having me. It's been really fun. It's been really fun. But well, I think it's been really fun. <laughs> but um, I concur. It will be. <laughs> Not only is Nikki's singing voice amazing, but her laugh is also one of the best around. Thank you so much to her and to Ali and Helena Shilson, who wrote all the beautiful music you can hear throughout. Thank you so much for listening, especially if you've come back after listening to episode one, and I hope you'll join us again for episode three.